everybody, I'm Roxy. And I'm Priska. And we are the two horny girls. All right, everybody. I know, I know we still on a hiatus, you know what I'm uh-huh. saying? But we can't resist. We gotta come back with we a special. We have to dip our toe in. Yeah, uh-huh. we gotta come back because we just watched Shang-Chi and I ah! just need to have this bonus, bonus episode. episode. Oh my God. <laughs> this is messy, but I don't care. Like literally, like Roxy, my phone blew up like, and I was like, oh my God, what happened? Yeah, and I realized yeah, yeah. it was Roxy texting me about Shang-Chi. So we were like, oh my God, we have to talk about this. We have to have a happening about it. You know? I am so sorry i basically you know prisca and i were just like you know we're gonna take some time off we told y'all that we're gonna come back for season three y'all yeah. are waiting patiently when Thank we're gonna you. come back for season three but don't worry it's soon yes, it's coming back it's gonna be mid-october right thank Prisca? you yeah we are ready for the like we're gonna have like pumpkin spice latte day mm. we're gonna have like we're wearing boots and scarves even mm. though it's california and it's mm. actually 95 degrees still day mm-hmm. we're just gonna do all the fall pumpkin-y shit like like the ugg boots and like the okay. Scarfy scarves and it's like 76 degrees perfect yes and like we're really gonna pivot because instead of like talking about asian american issues and breaking stereotypes we're just yeah. gonna talk about like decorating your house for fall oh and my like God. how to make the perfect apple setter yeah that's how you yes, say it right yes, apple yes, setter yes, yeah. and, and like how to like make apple honey crisp candle uh-huh. scents uh-huh that's going Thank to you. be our our new thing for fall we're pivoting you, yeah you yeah. guys are okay with it we're yeah, changing is, our brand yeah two horny beckys that's what this now is gonna be called <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, speaking of representation, yes. I watched Shang-Chi, of, I think, like two weeks ago. And I know we yeah. might be a little bit late in like talking about this movie because I know that Fair. a lot of y'all have seen it. But I just couldn't fucking wait. There were so many things about this oh that like cracked open. And I think you've all have heard our Mulan episode. Where we were very upset. Yes. And if you haven't listened to that, you can go listen to that, you know, in our feed. The other bonus episode. This is sort of like the sequel to that, don't you think? This is kind of the sequel to that. This is like the sister episode. Episode. The redemption episode. <laughs> the redemption episode. The like you find out your sister's running like an underground fighting gang like yeah. episode. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> fighting ring. So like after I watched it, I was so overcome with emotion that I like texted Prisco. I was like, hey, if you haven't watched Shang-Chi yet, I'm going to go watch it a second time today. Yes. Like, please go watch it so that we could talk about it on a bonus episode because there's so many things I want to unpack here. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited to hear your thoughts on it because I know you grew up watching a lot of like Wuxia mm-hmm. films. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know your parents still live in Taiwan so like I think you're just much more so rooted in kind of this element of cinema I think it's that but also I think something that Priska and I have talked on in previous episodes was but we haven't broached entirely was a topic of sexy sex the sexual allure of male Asian male masculinity yes give me a sexy Asian man girl any day and there's like at least two of them that stand out in this movie and I just want to I think I think most of all like first most of all see there's so many things i want to say first of all tony lung has finally graced the west with his presence oh my god i mean that man is pure sex like he's pure sex he's 60 that's fine that's i can get my head around it like he's so hot he's so freaking hot he has like that hot professor who you didn't know was like by night like a martial artist genius like vibes you know what i I mean i know like you're like perfect Professor, what can I do for extra credit? Like that's the vibe. I know. Look, in in our communities in, you know, China, in Asia, in Hong Kong, just Asia in general, they all yes. know about Tony Long. So yeah. it's like 
we all know how sexy and iconic he is, but does he meet like Western standards? Ooh, you know, good question. So then when Shang-Chi like sort of premiered, I was on TikTok and I saw all of these like non-Asian women thirsting over this man. Wow. And how did it feel kind of seeing that? Because I know that's not something we're accustomed to seeing. No, because it's like, what are the Western standards of like male attractiveness? Right. And Tony Leung is five, seven. He's, you know, slender and quite petite. Mm -hmm. Like you see him fight against Simu, right? Like he's significantly smaller, but they say that he speaks with his eyes, his smolder, his energy. There's a, there's an undeniable allure about him. Yes. And, and I think that's what is so amazing about like seeing all these women react to him of all ages, thirsting over him because I think what a lot of men get wrong when they think about what women want Mm -hmm. is sort of defined in that sort of response, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That it's not the physicality or like any of that or like being big or being bulky or being a gym bro, right? And also the fact that he's Asian, you know, but he's so hot. What do you think that is? I mean, I think, you know, I'm on this train, you know, obviously I feel like Tony Leung is kind of built a little bit like my husband has like mm-hmm. the the sad eyes that my husband has like you know like I I'm clearly like Tony Leung like I am the audience for that like right. and I, I always have been and like for me like Ken Watanabe was like always hot like right. so this kind of like the short like the hike doesn't bother me at all and it could be because I'm five foot but I like this kind of slender silent like uh, kind of brooding, very handsome, very sure of themselves, but not um, showing off. You yes. know what I mean? Not not showy, not peacocking at all. Um, just like there's this stillness there where he just is very comfortable with who he is. Like when he's flirting with the mom, I mean, fighting with the mom for the first time. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, he like even though they were just like fucking each other up. Yeah. So that they could fuck each other up later, you know, <laughs> but like they were fucking each other up. But he had this like confidence in this elegance. And I mean, she was so gorgeous and everything. But like, I just felt like he just has so much presence, self-knowledge, um, even though he's kind of evil and, and didn't use his powers for good. Um, there's something really attractive about that, like that kind of draws you in. A fun fact behind the scenes about that first fighting scene. So Fala Chen plays the mom and mm-hmm. she said that to be gazed upon by Tony Leung is something that the actors always talk about. And she said that like because <gasps> he's looking at her while they're doing that scene, she gets she got really flustered and needed someone to calm her down in between takes. Oh, my God, she needed a defluffer. Yes, 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 a defluffer. <laughs> and it's funny because it's like, it's like you get that. I, I don't know what it's like to be gazed upon by Tony Leung. I would yes. dream of it. But like, yes. I, I think this power, this sensuality, like this just goes to show that like attractiveness or like, you know, confidence in somebody is what exudes that. Yes, absolutely. That magnetism, right? Well, and it's like totally like, that's totally true. And I, I mean, bringing it back to the classroom, Roxy, like, you mm-hmm. know, the guys that were always like flexing or punching each other or trying yeah. to like get girls attention that way. That's like nothing compared to the guy who like remembered what, what like your favorite pen and like brought you your favorite pen like you know that you mentioned three months ago and like was like well now you can write your poetry with this and you're like oh my god a full-on lady puddle like what the fuck like you know what i mean yeah, like nothing also a nothing little bit of a like bad anything. boy too. like a little bit of a bad boy because let's yeah. be honest abe has that little bit of like a you know tormented soul but i'm not gonna lie tormented soul i'm like i have a lady boner for all these tormented souls did i marry tony <laughs> Leung? <Leung? laughs> 
<laughs> like you know okay i was telling I was, I was telling roxy this but you know when i go out with my husband and you know this is like yeah i'm his wife so i'm i'm biased but i like you know i think he's super hot and when we go out on the street you know i'll spend like two three hours like roxy knows like we can get dolled up like yeah. you know i'll get dolled up a will put on three rings and we'll go outside and boys and men and guys will just constantly come up to him yeah and like comment on his shoes or ask him a question or like they just want to be in his like life they want to be in his circle and i'm sitting there like what the fuck am i chopped liver bitch <laughs> like you know like i worked so no. hard on these eyelashes no but like there's something about it and and i was talking to kevin about this who you know is our is our friend kevin fong um he, he was like there's something about abe where you immediately know that he has a story mm-hmm. and and you just want to be a part of that story and i feel like tony leong has that same women quality. are fucking fluttering towards that bitch so men any men that are listening to this like that is the secret if That's you're wondering secret. how to crack open like a woman's like hard yes. and attention Gaze. this is it the gaze, gaze upon her gaze upon her do the gaze upon her. with your eyes the smolder yes. you know what i mean get her that secret pen that she mentioned um but okay so you're saying you saw this on tiktok can i ask you when you first when you initially started seeing it did you internally cringe um to prepare yourself for what you might see um are you talking about before i saw the movie no like if like you know you're on tiktok and mm. you're like oh great like this this white person uh-huh. is talking about shang chi uh-huh. um it's talking about tony leong is there a chance that she's going to say something racist? Oh, no, 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 okay. no, 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 okay. no, 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 You weren't no, worried about no, that. No, 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 none of it. Okay. None of the, the tone and energy was not about, it was, it was really cool because like all of these people, and maybe it's because of my algorithm, the way that it's sort of like geared towards progresses and right, like inclusivity. Right, right. And so everyone is celebrating this Got movie. It. And, and I think what's more important, I know that like probably a lot of people and people always have opinions, especially those from our community, you know, nitpicking about certain things about in the movie that may not be perfect. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to think about what kind of reach it is for other communities and how they celebrate us as well. And I think that is inherently the goal. Yes, I I think that's wonderful because... Um, you know, I think this might just be a Marvel movie thing, but mm. um, a lot of people were kind of rushing the Rotten Tomato site, negatively yes. reviewing it. So it yes. was at 49 percent even Why? before the movie came out because people are racist, but they also like to fuck with Marvel. They like to fuck with the algorithm, like all of that. So I, I did have like my concerns, but we're talking about Tony Leung, which is like totally fair. But can we just shift really quick and talk about Simu Liu? Yeah. Um, I mean, hello, six pack. Mm-hmm. But you you were telling me that a lot of people we're saying that Simu Liu was not attractive enough to lead this film. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? It's not the Western audience that was depicting this. There was a lot from the Chinese market that was talking about how they feel that he wasn't attractive enough to hold up the mantle. Now, this isn't me dogging, you know, you know, Chinese audiences is literally like what we've seen and what was on Weibo and all of that. Right. Um, Because he doesn't really fit the standard of Eastern beauty, right? Like he has monolids, right? Aquafina has monolids. He's more he's broader he's not as slender you know his skin's not as pale like yeah. he's not as femininely beautiful as a lot of these like like he doesn't look like he's made out of glass yeah yeah so um so there's that disconnect but then i think the biggest triumph that we have in distinguishing shang chi is that it is an asian american film it is culturally yeah. a different movie it is not yeah. a chinese movie it's not about a chinese superhero the chinese american superhero so i think the movie does a really great job distincting that you know like taking place yeah. in sf and like you know all of these the, the diaspora of different types of asian americans on screen like they do it really quite well and simu i mean god bless this 
like this person's heart like he's he's so sweet and so he's so excited that he gets to play shang chi yeah you know and he also is actually the part he does his own stunts he's a martial artist he's really athletic he was a stunts performer and he acts you could tell that he put every fiber of his being into this role so he deserved it a thousand percent at the end of the day i know i feel like he was kind of caught between a rock and a hard place in terms of acceptance because he's not kind of this eastern value of of attractiveness but then also he's an asian american man in the u.s um i mean it was a really tall order i feel like the fact that he was able to stay very much so himself throughout the process like mm-hmm. if you have a chance like please like Roxy said go watch some of the behind the scenes where he's doing his own stunts because you kind of can't I think with CGI it kind of tricks your brain into thinking okay well maybe this is all fake but like the bus scenes in particular he's running up that bus he's swinging around he's doing it's it all him so doing it yeah it's really amazing and then if you go um he did a an AMA on Reddit when mm-hmm. the movie came out and it's it, he's just so good at interacting with fans. He's such a, a sweet person. So I feel like even though he's not getting full acceptance from both sides, I think at the end of the day, um, he did a very valiant job. There was so much on his shoulders and he carried that. And I'm I'm ultimately like very proud of him. Yes, you know? I'm proud of him, too. And yeah, let's not, not that forget. he needs my pride. But no, yeah. but let's <laughs> also forget his Mandarin is fucking like. Oh, so good. His, his Mandarin is so, so good. Like I saw him coming out to comedy. Con, you know, I yeah. think two years ago, like literally days after he found out that he got the oh, role of Shang Chi, wow. and he introduced himself in fluent Mandarin to everybody. No way. That was oh how he gosh. first introduced himself. Was you know, like hi, what's the Liu Simu? What's this? Yeah. Like he's from Toronto and all of that. He yeah. did all of it in fluent Mandarin, and it's like this guy marked, yeah. like checked off all the boxes that are yeah. needed to play this very complex character. Because if his Chinese wasn't good, that would not make any sense. Like, yeah, it would because obviously he's like this like third culture kid yeah, you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and like he fled as like a young teenager so linguistically like it would it make sense if he didn't have very strong mandarin so the fact that all that was like detailed i mean the smallest thing was like my mom was like oh yeah you can tell that tony leong is is um from hong kong of course because he has an accent so right. any anyone who speaks mandarin like they could recognize that but like ultimately the fact that no one had like shitty accents when speaking Chinese was such like a big win because usually we have to settle for so much less. Exactly. But I think because they had and this is what Mulan didn't fucking do right was that they had Asian Americans behind the scenes for all key positions. Wow. They had Asian Asian Americans like even the first AD like costumer like everything was like Asian and Asian American. And what are what is the ultimate like micro like all those micro decisions that are made what what are some of those that might happen that that may not have on Mulan? But because the thing is that I think we go listen to our Mulan episode if you haven't. You know, it's like yes. going to fucking Paris to like research like Chinese history and Chinese costumes. Like what the fuck, right? <laughs> but like I think what what Shang Chi allowed the filmmakers to do because there's so much ability to create this world because what they are doing is creating an Asian American diaspora. So right. it's like everyone has different experiences. Not all of us are China, Chinese. Not all of us are Taiwanese. Not all of us are Singaporean Malaysian. Like, you know, we're going to Macau. We're going to all of these different places. You hear someone say, Teramakasi, you know, like yes. in, in the underground lair. It's like it's showcasing how complex and beautiful and diverse our community yeah. is to anybody who might just put us under, oh, just Asians. Right. So right. Um, I think that's the attribute that makes this even more amazing. And wow. get, it, because there's intentionality and thought behind every decision. They had a linguistic like Mandarin coach like yeah. who was there like all like there's like oh my gosh 
if if you're a Mandarin so detail speaker, oriented. yeah, and you like and you like listen to those Chinese phrases they say, it's different than what's translated on screen. Oh yeah, yeah, it's much more poetic. It's so poetic. Like when yeah. Tony Long said to that old guy, and, he, and it's translated as "Hey kid, I've I've lived a thousand more lives than you." Mm-hmm. What he said in Mandarin was "小子." I've eaten more salt than than you've eaten rice. And and that that like you understand the meaning behind that. Yeah. You know? But like you so much of that is lost even with the like the English translation. With the the subtitles. subtitles. Yes. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm like, I get it that, you know, it would be two or three lines of copy more. Yeah, then, you know what I mean. Then just like yeah. kid, I've lived a thousand lives. Yeah, but like it, it, it does. Like I think with Chinese sayings, like they are so layered in meaning, and I'm glad. Like I, I walked out of there glad that I could understand Mandarin. You know what I mean? Yeah, and glad that like my mom walked out. Like you know, after the movie ended, I was like, Mom, what do you think? She's like, uh, Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't cheesy. It wasn't like a cheesy depiction. You know, oh, you it wasn't watch a watered it with your down mother. depiction. <laughs> I watched it with my mother. Yeah, and then I watched it with my sister, uh-huh. um, who does martial arts, and she was like ooing and awing like over every little thing which you know is kind of what i do want to talk about because roxy like we said you grew up watching wuxia um films like how was the choreography for you i mean yeah you know jaw and i love martial arts movies we we yeah. we eat up yip men we we eat up grandmaster we eat up like all of these old like uh take um, it all you know uh Wu Pingyuan, I'm probably saying his name wrong, like classic, you know, just um, yeah. martial arts, legendary stunt choreographers. And we were worried that it's going to be like, sorry, this is another really shitty move. Mulan. <laughs> N- oh, yeah. uh, uh, Mortal Kombat was a great disappointment. Um, and oh, you could tell yuck. when when the when the honor isn't really done to marry this sort of like martial arts, you know, skill and magic that Shang-Chi yeah. has in the way that it's cut. So like usually stunt coordinators would direct these stunt sequences. If the performer doesn't know how to fight or do the choreography accordingly, Mm -hmm. you would do a lot of tight cuts. It'll make the editing very jarring so that the audience gets lost and and the audience would mostly be carried with the frenetic energy and be like, okay, I get, I get this is what's happening right now Mm -hmm. is this anxiety and this action. But if you allow it to stay and you just allow the action to play out, which is what mm-hmm. happens in a lot of the stunt sequences for Shang-Chi, you see, you appreciate every single moment, every single yes. hit, every single blow. Like you you see the beauty in the choreography. Like uh, there's a lot of these amazing. So, sorry, I'm going to full filmmaker here. Like no, aerial, yeah. you know, aerial drop ins like, like from the top work. down, the yeah. top down, like the camera going top down on their choreography. Uh-huh. So you just oh, see yes. them like hitting each other. And it's beautiful. Like. All of this is sort of honoring those old martial arts movies and the way that that they were shot. And you see everybody doing a lot of their own stunts, which is something that American cinema doesn't allow their actors to do. You always need a stunt double because if something happens to you, there's huge liability. But in the East, it's like these actors were expected to know martial arts. You know, um, Chow Yun-Fat needed to learn martial arts. Michelle Yeoh needed to learn martial arts. Jet Li. You know, this was part of your repertoire. So, It's kind of like how old Hollywood, they all knew 
how to dance, tap dance and sing and everything, right? Like, 100%. It's like, this is just expected of you in a way. Yeah. And nowadays actors are just like, they need, you know, Fiji water in their trailers. Um, I, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, are you comfortable going on your knees for this take? Like, seriously? I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to be bashing on our system, but also um, the, this is how you can appreciate the true craft behind making yes. wuxia and martial right. arts movies. What was your favorite? Like, what are some of your favorite sequences? Oh, that's a good question. I, I loved when the father and the mother were meeting. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it was like kind of cheesy, but like, yeah. I mean, so are like Chinese films. Like a lot of them Always. are very like rom-com cheesy. Like, yeah. you know, like I'm all about it. But it was so beautiful. And I think what I really appreciated was the use of symbolism. You know, obviously, uh, stylistically, they have two different styles. It's like the open hand versus closed fist. Right. But act like, but actually this movie is all about balance. And even though I think, yes, it can pertain to like specific fighting styles. Mm-hmm. It also has to do with like yin and yang. And then also like later on for Shang-Chi has to do with him finding the strength in his Western identity and his Eastern identity, mm-hmm. which for me as an Asian American person um, was really powerful. Like those are the kind of the th- themes that hit very hard at the end. Like at first I'm like, OK, cool, like anger versus peace, like rage versus control. Like I'm seeing all these themes that I recognize in in kind of kung fu movies or wuxia movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but for him to be able to align like yes his like mother's strengths his father's strengths and what his father had trained him to do but then also at the end his own personality and identity and like what he gained from being in the western world and that kind of difference in thought and logic and and ingenuity you know what i mean so i really really appreciated that like that landed really hard at the at the end for me Really quick question. I'm sorry, just going off of this, but um, what do you think about Marvel showcasing a really strong platonic heterosexual friendship relationship between that Aquafina didn't have Mm -hmm. to be like a raccoon for it not to be like, yeah, I thought it was great, except that my mom kept leaning over and like saying, are they a couple? Are they a couple? Are they a couple? (laughs) That's what Asian moms do. That's what Asian Asian moms moms do. They just want to marry you off. It's like, it's like you can't have a guy friend. I feel like every time, like when I saw it, it's like, when are you getting married? I was like, this triggered every single time I had a a guy friend over that's strictly just my friend. Yes. And it's always like, are you getting married? Yeah. I mean, how do you? feel though about the like marvel kind of setting them up as a duo like uh, like as a you know like a superhero duo i love aquafina i don't care what anybody thinks i will stand her to the and i think they have so much chemistry and it's so funny and i i love the fact that they're a duo like i'm glad that she wasn't an existing ip in the comics you know they're sort of like tweedledee and tweedledum you know like but like totally they look out for each other and there's like a really i don't know like i just like Anna and Elsa. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And you I, know what I, I mean? like want to see I want to see more platonic heterosexual friendships because they exist. Yeah. Oh, they do. Yeah. I don't want to surprise anybody. They exist. Ah, um, what? And, and, and no, I know. I, know. I don't like, believe it. If you don't see it in movies, it doesn't it doesn't exist. Like, oh, no Asians yeah. in lead roles, you know, no Asians in a super. So therefore it can't exist. You know, they it's don't just, exist. Like, representation is so important. So I have a feeling it's going to turn yeah. romantic. I I thought that it turned romantic, but then they didn't kiss. So I was like, okay, like maybe it's not. It's it's a very like will they won't they energy right now. I would say it's not purely platonic because they've referenced it so many times. I thought they were definitely going to hook up after karaoke. 
Um, but I'm glad they didn't. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but remember in Mulan, we were talking about and we were very upset about um, the fact that it kind of just seemed like, oh, oh, my gosh, I fell off the roof and oh, I can do like wushu. Oh, my gosh. Like, whoops. You know, and this kind of idea of like Asians having this innate like fighting mm-hmm. quality and innate ability to do math and you know all that like is is really frustrating because we all know it's the product of hard work and it's not true that it's some innate like mm-hmm. othering sensibility right right and so i think the bus scene was like kind of a nice play on that because at first i was like oh so just this motherfucking asian is just motherfucking good at (laughs) fighting but that's before you find out his backstory you know so it kind of like took me on this ride where it was like oh okay like we were basically aquafina in that scene like just experiencing like wait who the fuck is this motherfucker like you know and why is he so good at this but i'm glad that they kind of it was a good play on that it was the opposite of that you know what i'm saying it wasn't just like this movie so much prisca i love this movie so much and (laughs) I just I want to point and and like segue into like another aspect of this movie that um, I want to there's a little more that I want to share with you is sort of like this model minority Asian American sort of like arc or diatribe. Tell me about. Yes. Tell me your thoughts. (laughs) So it's like, you know, I for those of you who haven't seen it, I'm just going to say the beginning. It's not spoiling anything. Also, I mean, this has spoilers. So if you care like i feel like we've given you enough time yeah go and watch the movie and, yeah and like pause yeah you pause know what I mean? and then come, come back. back to this and yeah. listen to this but like you know it introduces uh you know sean no quote-unquote sean you know he's yeah. in a room he's by himself he does like push-ups you're like oh yeah this man is fit right yeah. and then like he puts on like you have cuts of like putting on like a suit and you're like ooh, what does he do is he like a ceo he, he, he must work in tech because he's an sf right yeah and then like you see this like lamborghini or like this this pulls car up. pulls up and and then you see that it's not him, but he's actually the valet driver. Genius. And then there's a classic yeah. and switch. And like, and like, and like, you know, he's best friends with Kate, Katie played by Kate, Katie, whatever, by Aquafina. Yeah. And it's like, they're both just sort of like humdrums. Like, let's just go with life. Yeah. Does it sound I mean, like anything like your experience growing up? <laughs> I mean, basically, I mean, the, OK, like I, I think like the fact that they were such underachievers. Yeah. That's such a vibe. Like, that's how I've been feeling, like, lately. Tell you know me what more. I mean? I feel like I mm. haven't been, I'm not, I didn't go to Harvard. I didn't go to law school. I'm not a doctor like all of my cousins. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, um, like, you know, what do you do when you're an artist, but you have to get a practical job? And it kind of did remind me of like when I was living in New York and I was working retail and I was just like, I'm fucking 30. Like, which is fine I loved working retail but I felt like I was going nowhere you know I knew there wasn't a future in that Mm -hmm. and so I was like this is like very relatable because it it doesn't mean that they've always been directionless but it means that right now at this point that's just where they're at and 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 you know I think being Asian American and having growing up with a lot of pressure from your parents which both of them did and both of us did I think it kind of can put you in this weird state of when you do have autonomy you feel a little bit stuck because no one else is creating pressure for you so you do need to take a couple what I think like are kind of lost years or lost months or whatever it is just to kind of find your own gravity and find like the like what you actually want to be working towards because that's been supplied to you your whole life that it becomes very difficult to like have that for yourself Mm -hmm. have something that's not just a stamp and repeat of of what your parents wanted for you 
No, a hundred percent. I was like, I think we've all been Katie before. Yeah. And, but we don't openly admit it. We don't talk about that time when we were Katie because we don't like feeling lost, you know? And like, she's like, I'm good at driving. And I'm like, I'm good at folding clothes back when I was at Express, you know? <laughs> Growing plants. Growing yeah. plants. But yeah. like, you know, an interesting sort of like attachment to this to this theme is that I was watching Tony Leung's um, interview and um, this is his first Hollywood movie, even though he's worked for like That's unthinkable 50 to me. years in Asia. Yeah. And um, people have asked him why now? Mm-hmm. And he said, I think I'm ready to step out of my comfort zone. Ooh, honey. 60, my loves. Wow. So you know how you're just talking about underachieving in a way. I'm not saying Tony Leung's underachieving, but he was like, I never felt like it was the right time and I never felt I've never played a role like this. He's never played a father. He's never played a villain. He's never done a movie in English, even though he had all these capabilities. Yeah. You know, way beforehand. So it's like, why are we holding ourselves up to such insane standards all the time? It's just exhausting. It it is exhausting. And, and, you know, kind of going off of that, can I ask you, Mm. I feel like the two other Marvel movies that tend to come up in relation to speaking about Shang-Chi is the first one is, you know, Doctor Strange and how that was such a bastardized view of of, you know, and such an Americanized view, um, exoticized view of Eastern culture Mm -hmm. and how, you know, I know we're talking about Mulan, which definitely like in terms of our feelings about it. It, it's kind of a foil to this, but I think within the Mar- Marvel universe, um, Doctor Strange is like a direct foil to how you do representation completely offensively yes. versus how you do it right. So what what are your kind of thoughts on that relationship? <laughs> Kevin Feige <laughs> said, like in an interview, he's like, we've learned our lesson. He's like, I, we thought we didn't want to go down the route of portraying like an like an old man for like the yeah. wizard. And then he's like, so we thought we would, you know, support like the women, the female community by choosing using Tilda Swinton to play them yeah. out, but then like it ended up offending even more people. You know, he's like, we don't want to do anything wrong this time. So I think all of it just has to come down with choosing the right filmmaker, you right. know, um, and also making sure that whoever's on your pr- producing team is, is part of that sort of like community because then they can yeah. really give you a sounding board for these types of decisions that you make. You may think that you're helping something when in fact you're harming it even more. I think I, I'm really happy with the way Shang-Chi is going. Look, listen, it's like you, it was written by an Asian American. It was mm-hmm. directed by an Asian American. You know, like everyone that at least looking at the interviews, Everyone had so much heart in this. Like I saw like the director, he he posted, you know, uh, an Instagram post about every single key crew member and like wrote like a whole, you know, like he honored every post to like all the stuff that they've done, like what they contributed. And like a lot of them are Asian American, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like. I, look, it can't just be all of us. Like, I really do believe in the melting pot in my ideal world and my ideal fantasy of all of us being intersectional and like yeah. really listening to each other and creating space for that. But, um, you know, the, he and um, the writer, they're both Asian American and they're Hoppas and they're dads, you know, so oh, they incorporated so much of their, you know, authentic experiences into this. And the fact that, you know, Marvel allowed them to make these creative decisions. And this is what Marvel does, right? Is that they're mm-hmm. letting the, um, auth- the, um, the creatives take authority. So like, yeah. you know, Taika Waititi with Ragnarok, you know, just going full blown, like however they want to do it. Almost make- like indie movie yeah. vibes. Like they're kind of letting them take with, it. With like lots of money for, for visual effects. Yes. And like, 
like, you know, I think one really great element is like making sure that Shang-Chi's father isn't Fu Manchu. Yes, right. That was a big that was a big moment and movement. And so final question for you before I I, I kind of want to, you know, I know we got to wrap up this conversation Mm -hmm. in some way. But do you think that this is comparable to our community's Black Panther? (laughs) I really hate this question. Don't you? Yeah. No, I do, too. But I I am curious because it's like. Do we feel like representationally, you know, we're we're getting there and telling a story that matters to to our community? I loved it. And I don't know why I get triggered by that question. It's like, yeah, talk me through it. Because like when Jaw asked me that, you know, because Jaw's black and, you know, we talk about Black Panther and Shang-Chi and. I, I was supposed to go watch it with him because he bought tickets to like the iPic, which was like really nice. And then yeah. I couldn't resist. I couldn't wait that long. So I like went to go watch <laughs> it by myself like during the week. And then I told him and then he was like, oh, it wasn't like, you know, the Black Panther, but for your community. And I don't know why that set me off because yeah. I was I was I was I was like, why is there always this one like token comparison? Like, yeah, why is there always this one movie reference that supposedly identifies the victory of like doing the right you know thing by all of us do you know what i'm saying sorry that came out really convoluted but it's like there's always this one movie that you compare everything to the titanic of our time the whatever for our community you could keep putting labels on these films but the fact of the matter is it's like the same thing with this podcast it's just one movie amongst many yeah it's not apples to apples at all it's (laughs) apples to you know mangrove trees (laughs) yes 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 and i think that's what frustrates me about it i mean what comes up for you when someone asks you that you know i i don't know that i've personally been asked that Mm. um but it was just something like i think i remember when black panther came out and i think it had very like and i think it's similar to the asian american community right now like we're very publicly I think it meant a lot to the black community and then more privately, they, they had their own criticisms of it. Right. right? And, and, and I, and I, I feel very similarly, like there's still, I think externally, like with Cape and gold house, like everyone's like, boom, let's, it, it, it broke records. Like we got to make this break records. There's a lot of emails going around, like go watch the movie, go see it this weekend. Let's make sure we break those records because for better, or for worse, like Asian Americans, like economically, Although we're not a monolith, we can show up economically. Mm -hmm. And so it's frustrating because I have mixed feelings about that as well. But it's like, I know that we can show up economically. I know that we can show up like, you know what I mean, for our community. But I think we still need to have nuanced conversations about the work itself without needing to degrade or take away from the achievement. So I think in that way, I feel that in our community, it is playing a similar role as black panther might have in the black community um but obviously it's such a different movie and i would argue like you know i i i still think that asian american representation has a long way to go but Mm -hmm. like you said this is one movie in a sea of many that hopefully are to come and i think this was actually a very nuanced depiction of both uh, of being asian american of having being of chinese descent of returning to your homeland um and etc. And one of the biggest things kind of to maybe wrap this conversation up with us in terms of the movie, one of the biggest things for me was this family narrative that I think you and I both really recognize. I think for our Asian American brothers, this is such a powerful depiction and a nuanced depiction of an Asian American 
um, second generation son and father relationship Mm -hmm. because I I feel like I was like, oh, my God, this is a relationship I've never screened on scene before. I've never seen on screen before. Screen on scene before. (laughs) (laughs) This is a relationship I've never seen on screen before. Mm. And that was really powerful because as it started to hit, especially when you returned to his father and his dad did this fucked up thing where he sent assassins to fucking fuck with him and his sister, brought him back to the home. But he's not even pissed at his dad. And I understood that right away. I was like, I've seen that right away. Um, and just kind of this feeling of like, when he was a kid, he was duty bound to his father. He was, bl- he expressed blind fealty, which is like just blind loyalty. Anything my dad asks of me, I must do. And that has to do with filial piety mm-hmm. and all these kind of layers of, of thinking that your father knows better. And so you should, you just shouldn't think like that is such an Asian American son and Asian father dynamic. Um, and it's a very unemotional relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when his father's dying, sorry again, spoiler alert, but we already warned you. So, but even when his father dies, which was like such a bummer. Cause I was like, I want to see more Tony Leung for the rest of my life, yes. you know, but the, the complicated feelings that were etched across Simu's face, I thought I was like, this is, this is beautifully captured. Like, this is beautifully captured because no one's telling this story. And it happens, like, you know, you and I, we grew up in the 626909. Like, that story happens every day. Yeah. I feel like a lot of my Asian American male friends didn't even actively start waking up to themselves until a little bit later because when they have a father that's overbearing or controlling, like, they agree with their father. They're not even rebelling, they're not even fighting. They're just in it. But also them. the way that like Tony Lung portrayed the father, like when he is talking to his son, he's like, you'll make me proud. There's softness to him as well. Like in some yeah. of those moments, like I know he's evil, but at the same time, I'm like, it's so complicated. Oh, it's so complicated. Like it's like you and me and our moms, like our moms so can be complex. so brutal, yes. but they have these like soft sides and like it, it's like this weird leash that Asian parents can have, like first gen Asian parents can have on second gen asian kids where they give just enough approval and just enough disapproval to keep you kind of like wanting it there's there's no such thing i mean the best material you can find is centering a movie on family drama especially an asian family family drama there's so much to pull from here we got some fucked up shit we got some (laughs) fucked up shit and the sequel for shang chi will be her family in her family in sf where they're just like when are you gonna get married (laughs) yeah yeah and once you get married when are you gonna get pregnant like you know it's like literally every day yeah a lot to dig from from there so yeah (laughs) but how did you feel about that father-son relationship um it's so interesting that you brought up the fact that his father did send assassins to like him (laughs) and his like i completely forgot about it all i could all i could see you know i was talking to jaw about it and i was like you know it's just he he um he he lost his wife and he lost his yeah. softness he lost his love and all of this is yeah. is just about loving he's so misunderstood and like tony painted this this character this villain yeah. quote unquote to to be in a way that's like he's a scary villain but he's also yeah. the most in-depth villain that marvel ever has like oh yeah and the never, hottest one yeah we've never explored a villain this deeply yeah. in a marvel movie i'm so glad they did that in this yeah i mean the closest that i can compare to is maybe like loki where yeah. it's like you but know what i'm saying where it's like family movies to like 
to, to kind of explore find that arc, him. right? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. But it had the same, it had the same amount of like character development and nuance. You know what I mean? Like I was like really pleased about it. Yeah. It's super hot. It's so sexy. But anyways, yeah. like Prisca, thank you so much for indulging me with this bonus episode. I just felt oh like I really had to come out and like talk all my feelings to like all of our goatees out there and to let them know I'm that we're here. not dead. And I think, <laughs> I think all of our goatees and, you know, please write to us at hello at two horny goats to let us know. But I think. Everyone of our goatees wants to hear director Roxy talk about movies more. No. And if that's true, <laughs> write into us. No. Um, and, you know, we're, we're by no like I'm by no means an expert, but we no. Roxy and I love movies <laughs> and we studied movies together back in the day. And so we're always down to kind of break down the thematics and talk about some of the issues surrounding the movie, because that's how we, you know, broke up our majors. There's a way to talk about the movie from within the movie and the, the movie itself. And then there's a, mov- a way to talk about the movie as how it exists in society. Yeah. And I think we've gotten a chance to do a little bit of both of that. And I know we were joking about like, you know, fall decorations being the rest of our season. But we have some really exciting stuff coming up, Rox, right? I can't wait. And I swear to all you goatees, we will be coming back in about a month. So stay tuned. Like, we'll be ready. We we have so much to tell you, so much to hang out with. What what are some themes you want to explore this season, Rox? Or is it a secret? It's a secret. It's a secret. It's a okay. secret, but mostly, mostly I just want to talk about, even though it happened like a few weeks ago, I just want to talk about me and Prisca's amazing retreat <laughs> in <laughs> Arrowhead. Yes. <laughs> and so the discoveries. discoveries. <laughs> Sorry, now we're just okay. <laughs> we did a retreat and we were like, we're going to be so productive. Like, let's put together an agenda. Like, you know, Capricorns, we love an agenda. <laughs> and then it just turned into... We we did edibles the first night and we don't remember a thing we talked about. Like we'd be talking, we were talking, oh we were God, talking it was so fucking funny for seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't remember a thing we talked about. And we would get Roxy would get to the end of a sentence and she'll be like, "And I don't know why I'm talking about this." <laughs> it was so much fun. But we will we will yeah. unpack that. We'll divulge more. Yeah, next yeah. time. But in the meantime, we love all of you. We love all of you. Make sure to we stay miss you. Safe. We miss you so, 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 so much. And, and you know, stay enjoy safe. the last vestiges of summer. Yes. <laughs> um, but Priska uh, and I will be getting ready with our fall decor. So we're just ready. Call me Martha Stewart because I'm just going to be making a home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in the meantime, have a horny month. Our lovely goatees. And remember, stay, stay horny. horny. We're messy. We're messy. We love you. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Ah. Woo. You know.